This program is part of Film Geek Radio. Visit filmgeekradio.com for more great shows. Hey, movie addicts, welcome to Cinema Fix, your stop for the purest, highest quality movie reviews on the block. I'm Andrew Johnson, and I'm joined today by my fellow dealer, Monica Castillo. Hello, Andrew. How are you doing, Monica? I'm great. I'm so excited about the movie we're going to talk about today. Yeah, we're a little bit late uh, getting this episode out. I ended up having some eye surgery, so that delayed us a little bit. I started a new job. You started a new job, so congratulations on that. Thank you. There wasn't anything coming out this weekend that I really, really wanted to talk about. So I figured we could just go ahead and save our Argo discussion for this week. This is episode number 23 of Cinema Fix, and if you're new to the show, basically this is the show on Film Geek Radio focused on in-depth discussion of mainstream blockbuster films. We are here to satisfy your addiction to quality conversation about the movies, and each week we release an episode in two parts. The first part, which you're listening to right now, is a 10-minute long spoiler-free review of the film. That way you can get an idea of what we thought about it and whether or not it's worth your time to check out. The second part is a much more in-depth analytical discussion that does contain spoilers, so if you've seen the film and would appreciate a more in-depth conversation about what works and what doesn't, definitely listen to part two. This week, the movie we're talking about is Argo. Monica, why don't you go ahead and give our listeners a little information about the film? This is another film directed by Ben Affleck, but unlike the other ones, it is not take place in Boston. Um, It's actually based on a true story of six Americans that escaped the Iran hostage crisis in 1979. And then now Affleck comes in as a sort of CIA exfiltration specialist. Um, His name's Tony Mendes, who um, gets assigned to get them out. And he comes up with this crazy, insane plan by dressing them up sort of as like a movie crew and saying that they're looking as a location scout for their new film called Argo. All right, here's a clip. Well, this woman's got an M.A. in English. She should be your screenwriter. Sometimes they go along on scouts because they want the free meals. Here's your director. You teach somebody to be a director in a day? You teach a rhesus monkey to be a director in a day. Look, if you're going to do this, you got to do it. The Comaniacs are Fruit Loops, but they got cousins who sell prayer rugs and A-Tracks on La Brea. You can't build cover stories around a movie that doesn't exist. You need a script. You need a producer. Make me a producer. No, you're an associate producer at best. You're going to do a $20 million Star Wars ripoff. You need somebody who's a somebody to put their name on it. Somebody respectable. With credits. Who you can trust with classified information. Who'll produce a fake movie. For free. Okay, this is part one of our episode on the film, so we're just going to take ten minutes to give some general spoiler-free thoughts on the movie. I'm starting the clock now. Monica, what did you think of Argo? I loved it. I thought it built the tension very well for the... uh 
the whole situation. And I love that they give backstory to um, the Iran hostage crisis because unless, you know, either you lived it or it was taught in your history class, you might not know that this actually happened. So I, I guess I love that it kind of delves into time, place, situation. You know, not bad for for Ben Affleck. He actually really impressed me. Um, I liked his take on the character, Tony Mendez. They, I'm sure they really dram- ramped up the drama and the whole behind-the-scenes backbiting of the CIA, FBI, White House, and all chiefs of staff, and all the shuffling that goes on. And, of course, you know, it, it does well with the actual portrayal of the people under pressure. So the six... Um, the six escapees also have a pretty hefty role in the fact that I really enjoyed this movie. Okay, so would you say it's your favorite of the three films that Ben Affleck has directed so far? Um, it's probably the one I had the most fun with. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's a good way to put it. You know, Gone Baby Gone and The Town aren't exactly fun. Fun. Movies. Yeah, it's not a feel-good movie of the season. I think Argo, he got to kind of, I don't know, he still got to play the sort of the same character as he did from the town, which was the guy who's too cool. You know, he's got it all under control, and, you know, he knows what he's doing. He's a professional in this, and everybody just barking around, you know, just not doing their job, or they're just, they're not doing what he ne- what they need to be doing. So, in that sense, it's kind of the same sort of carryover, but otherwise, like, I had a lot more fun with Argo. <laughs> I, I I thought it was good. It's not like so. It's not like the best movie of the year. Like I don't want that splashed across the fo- across the poster because we do have some problems with it. But for the most part, like it's fun. It's good. I don't think I liked it quite as much as you did. It's a ve- it's a solid thriller, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm certainly not going to dissuade anyone from going to see it. It's 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 a well done movie. I do think it's being a little bit overpraised and. People are talking Oscars, and I, I really don't want to get into that. Not only because I hate award season, but also just because I'm not sure that this film really deserves it, to be perfectly honest. I think it's, it's actually my least favorite of all the films Affleck has directed. Oh, wow. And part of that is probably just because I, I have issues a lot of the time with movies that are based on true stories, and I do think that Argo falters a little bit in the second half. Mm. And it's not quite as... It, it kind of loses steam, at least in my opinion. I know other people have said that they thought the second half was really intense, um, but I thought it was kind of... I don't want to say boring, but it was very predictable. Well, see, what I was going to say is that this... I guess the actual... They, they ramp it up too much on the second half. Like, it just gets to a little ridiculous. Like, today, I when I actually saw it, I took my family to go see it. And towards the end, like, people just started laughing because it just got a little too ridiculous. And without going into details, obviously, it was just, we're saving the goods for the next half. But I don't think that's the kind of reaction you want from an audience towards your climax. <laughs> right. You can you can tell that they're really trying to... To push the buttons. Yeah, they, they want to make it as intense as possible. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, were it not for the fact that the movie's also trying to be a satire of Hollywood and how the movie industry 
works. Is it really a satire? It's very, it's very out front because of the like hostile. You know, these are very, these are very cynical characters. Um, John Goodman uh, plays John Chambers, and uh, Alan Arkin plays sort of the stand-in movie director for a movie that's not going to happen. And you know, the comments in there are priceless because it's you know they go into town and they're going to try and do this movie that's not actually a movie. It's just to get the escapees out. And, you know, they're all gung-ho about it because it's like a bunch of posers playing in Hollywood. And I thought it was really entertaining the whole way, like, even when they staged the whole read-through for the press. And, like, it was literally, like, rip-offs of Star Wars, and some guy came in with a blue and purple spray-painted Wookiee costume. Right. I do think that that second act of the film, where most of the Hollywood stuff is going on, I I think that that's definitely the most lighthearted and comedic part of the movie Mm -hmm. but i do think it's trying to draw a parallel between the way hollywood is able to sell hype and to sell lies essentially and how the government is also in many ways trying to deal in deception which is really funny because the government is totally the hero in this film uh, I don't know about that. We can uh, we can argue about that in in the second. Okay, half. good. Let's let's argue about that because that was one of the things that actually struck me the wrong way. Is like they kind of hinted at some things later, but you know, for the most part, problems. There were definite yeah, problems. Okay, th- there's some definitely some issues we can we can talk about with that. Okay. I, d- I do want to say I thought all the performances in the film were pretty good. I'm not so sure how I feel about Affleck as the lead. And it was the same way with the town. You just hate the hair. Look, look, I I like Affleck as an actor. I Mm -hmm. think he's very charismatic. But I felt the same way about his performance in the town. He just, I don't know if it's it's because he's focused, his attention is also divided uh, with directing as well. But for whatever reason, he just doesn't really have the gravitas, Mm. I think, in the screen presence that, that he really needs. He's good. But yeah. it's, it's com- he's, he's just there. He's just functioning, you know, as the hero. And it's, it's not a bad performance, but it's certainly not terrific. Yeah. I kind of see what you're saying there. Like, he really, I'm not sure if it's an underplay sort of thing because he's being part of an ensemble. So we don't really want to see him, like, overacting on everything. But at the same token, he is just kind of going. I don't, I don't want to say it's going through the motions because he does, you know, he does have some emotional moments there. You know? A few. I, I mean, few, I just... Yeah, I like he feels really guilty when things don't go the right way and he feels responsible for stuff. Like, we can definitely tell he's having a sort of, you know, tortured heart moment there, but... I, I guess. I mean, there is a scene where he's supposed to have this dark night of the soul, so to speak, and, yeah. and, and feel really tortured, but he just didn't really sell it. It, it felt more to me like he was just telling me oh i'm i'm tortured now mm. this is the sad part of the movie so he wasn't going all like tom hanks and cast away like crying yeah he wasn't really selling me tearing his shirt it. okay it, it felt kind of just like a plot device i will say though i thought his directing was was really well done yes even though the film as a whole is probably my least favorite of everything he's directed so far <laughs> i do think that it's probably technically the most accomplished yes I, I would say that in terms of shooting and things like that and editing 
yeah, the whole the, the the film has this really old school seventies look to it. I believe so. I mean, I need to double check this, but a lot of it looks like it was shot on sixteen millimeter, which gave it that old like nineteen seventies look. That wouldn't surprise me, but just the the color scheme and the way he frames certain shots, mm-hmm. it gave me kind of this all the president's men kind of vibe at mm-hmm. times. Um, you know, and those old detective and spy movies. And so I, I, I thought that from a technical standpoint, the film was really well done. So overall, I'd say, is it a good movie? Yes. Is it a great movie? No. Fair. Uh, I could go with that. I mean, real quick on the editing. I love, I mean, we keep talking about the tension in the movie. And a lot of that is done with the editing, the cross-cutting between um, when they're doing the read-through for the press and the torture scene. Like, that's... It's huge. It plays. It kind of. It does play with the audience's mind because they know while this is all happening, this is also happening on the other side of the world, and there's that sense of urgency that's really built up. So you know, props to him. He abuses that a little bit towards the end, but we'll get to that in the second part. Yes, the first half is really well paced, mm-hmm. and that opening scene when the embassy is overrun. Yes, really intense. It, the film just starts off with a bang. And it, 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 it's, it's really well done. So, like I said, I'm not going to say it's a bad movie. I'm just going to say it's not a great one. It's, it's good. It's competent. No, nah, it's more than competent. It's good. Yeah. It's, oh, my gosh. He <laughs> <laughs> used a tripod. It's really great. <laughs> it's really competent. Sorry. It's really competent. <laughs> he didn't leave the lens cap on. It's really competent. <laughs> it's, it's really thrilling. It's well done. Uh, it is getting some awards buzz, so go see it. Anything else you'd like to say about Argo? I'm so going to say it on the second part. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, that'll wrap it up for part one of our discussion on Argo here on Cinema Fix. Don't forget to tune into part two for a much more in-depth look at the film. And don't forget to tune in next week when we'll be discussing Cloud Atlas. Oh, good. I'm excited. Are you excited about Cloud Atlas? I'm, I'm intimidated. I don't know what to think. I've been avoiding most of the marketing for it. I I know the opinions out of the Toronto International Film Festival were very divided, so apparently this this it, it could be a masterpiece or it could be a giant mess. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, we'd love to get your feedback on the show. You can email us at cinemafix at filmgeekradio.com or comment on the website at filmgeekradio.com. You can also subscribe to the show through iTunes, so if you like this episode, please write us a review. That would really help us get the word out about the show. You can also donate to the show through the website. We really appreciate your help. And don't forget to check out other great shows on Film Geek Radio, including our new show, all about the ABC series Last Resort, Dispatches from St. Marina. Monica, where can people find you online? People can find me online on the Twitters at MCastiMovies. That's M-C-A-S-T-I Movies. They can also find my stuff on The Phoenix, Dig Boston, and Bitch Magazine. I'm Andrew Johnson. You can find some of my writing at FilmGeekRadio.com. I'm currently watching all of the Bond movies in chronological order and writing uh, a feature article on each movie in preparation for Skyfall. So that's pretty fun. You can also follow me on Twitter at WriterAndrew. If you do follow me, be sure to send me a message and let me know you're a listener, and I will follow you back. All right, that'll do it for this episode. I'm Andrew Johnson. And I'm Monica Castillo. And have fun this week getting high on cinema.
This has been a Film Geek Radio production. Film Geek Radio. Yeah.